Act Four of Every Man Out of His Humor by Ben Johnson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene One A Room in Delira's House. Enter Frangoso, Follis following him. Why are you so melancholy, brother? I am not melancholy. I thank you, sister. Why are you not merry then? There are but two of us in all the world, and if we should not be comforts one to another, God help us. <sighs> Faith, I cannot tell, sister. But if a man had any true melancholy in him, it would make him melancholy to see his yeomanly father cut his neighbor's throats to make his son a gentleman, and yet, when he has cut them, he will see his son's throat cut too, ere he make him a true gentleman indeed, before death cut his own throat. I must be the first head of our house, and yet he will not give me the head till I be made so. Is any man termed a gentleman that is not always in the fashion? I would know but that. If you be melancholy for that, brother, I think I have as much cause to be melancholy as any one for i'll be sworn i live as little in the fashion as any woman in london by the faith of a gentlewoman beast that i am to say it i have not one friend in the world besides my husband when saw you master fastidious brisk brother but a while since sister i think i know not well in truth by this hand i could fight with all my heart methinks nay good brother be not resolute i sent him a letter and he writes me no answer neither oh sweet fastidious brisk oh fine courtier thou art he makest me sigh and say how blessed is that woman that hath a courtier to her husband and how miserable a dame she is that hath neither husband nor friend in the court oh sweet fastidious oh fine courtier how comely he bows him in his courtesy how full he hits a woman between the lips when he kisses how upright he sits at the table how daintily he carves how sweetly he talks and tells news of this lord and of that lady how cleanly he wipes his spoon at every spoonful of any white meat he eats and what a neat case of pictures he carries about him still oh sweet fastidious oh fine courtier enter deliro at a distance with musicians see yonder she is gentlemen now as ever you'll bear the name of musicians touch your instrument sweetly she has a delicate ear i tell you Play not a false note, I beseech you. Fear not, Signor Deliro. Oh, begin, begin some sprightly thing. Lord, how my imagination labors with the success of it. They strike up a lively tune. Well said, good in faith. Heaven grant it please her. I'll not be seen, for then she'll be sure to dislike it. Hey, duh. This is excellent. I lay my life this is my husband's dotage. I thought so. Nay, never play boop-peep with me. I know you do nothing but study how to anger me, sir. Deliro, coming forward. Anger thee, sweet wife? Why didst thou not send for musicians at supper last night thyself? To supper, sir now come up to supper i beseech you as though there were no difference between supper time when folks should be merry and this time when they should be melancholy oh i would never take upon me to take a wife if i had no more judgment to please her be pleased sweet wife and they shall have done and would to fate my life were done if i can never please thee Exeunt musicians. Enter Macalenti. Save you, lady. Where is Master Deliro? Here, Master McClinty. You are welcome from court, sir. 
no doubt you have been graced exceedingly of master brisk's mistress and the rest of the ladies for his sake alas the poor fantastic he's scarce known to any lady there and those that know him know him the simplest man of all they know deride and play upon his amorous humours uh, though he but apishly doth imitate the gallantest courtiers kissing ladies pumps holding the cloth for them praising their wits and servilely observing every one may do them pleasure fearful to be seen with any man though he be ne'er so worthy that's not in grace with some that are the greatest thus courtiers do and these he counterfeits but sets no such a sightly carriage upon their vanities as they themselves and therefore they despise him for indeed he's like the zany to a tumbler that tries tricks after him to make men laugh Ballus aside he is an unthankful spiteful wretch the good gentleman vouchsafed to make him his companion because my husband put him into a few rags and now see how the unrude rascal backbites him is he no more graced amongst them then say you faith like a pawn a chess fills up a room that's all Fallus aside oh monster of men can the earth bear such an envious caitiff well i repent me i ever credited him so much but now i see what he is and that his masking visor is off i'll forbear him no longer all his lands are mortgaged to me and forfeited besides i have bonds of his in my hand for the receipt of now fifty pounds now a hundred now two hundred still as he has had a fan but wagged at him he would be in a new suit well i'll salute him by a sergeant the next time i see him in faith i'll suit him why he may soon see him sir for he is to meet signor pontavolo at a notary's by the exchange presently where he meant to take up upon return now out upon thee judas canst thou not be content to backbite thy friend but thou must betray him wilt thou seek the undoing of any man and of such a man too and will you sir get your living by the counsel of traitors dear wife have patience oh the house will fall the ground will open and swallow us i'll not bide here for all the gold and silver in heaven exit with fungoso oh good mcclenty let's follow and appease her or the peace of my life is at an end exit now peas and not peace feed that life whose head hangs so heavily over a woman's manger exit scene two another room in the same enter follis and fungoso running she claps to the door help me brother old spotty and you come here i'll do myself a mischief deliro within nay hear me sweet wife unless thou wilt have me go i will not go tut you shall never have that vantage of me to say you are undone by me i'll not bid you stay i brother sweet brother here's four angels i'll give you towards your suit for the love of gentry and as ever you came of christian creature make haste to the water-side you know where master fastidious uses to land and give him warning of my husband's malicious intent and tell him of that lean rascal's treachery oh heavens how my flesh rises at him nay sweet brother make haste you may say i would have writ to him but that the necessity of the time would not permit he cannot choose but take it extraordinarily from me and commend me to him good brother say i sent you exit let me see these four angels then forty shillings more i can borrow of my gown in fetter lane well i will go presently say on my suit pay as much money as i have and swear myself into credit with my tailor for the rest exit scene three another room in the same enter deliro and macalenti oh on my soul you wrong her mcclinty 
though she be froward yet i know she is honest well then have i no judgment would any woman but one that were wild in her affections have broke out into that immodest and violent passion against her husband or is possible if you love me forbear all the arguments in the world shall never rest my heart to believe it exeunt how like you the deciphering of his dotage oh strangely and of the other's envy too that labours so seriously to set debate twixt a man and his wife stay here comes the knight adventurer ay and a scrivener with him scene four puntarvolo's lodgings enter puntarvolo notary and servants with the dog and cat i wonder monsieur fastidious comes not but notary if thou please to draw the indentures the while i will give thee thy instructions with all my heart sir and i'll fall in hand with them presently well then first the sum is to be understood notary writes good sir next our several appellations and a character of my dog and cat must be known show him the cat sir Raal. so sir then that the intended band is the turk's court in constantinople the time limited for our return a year and that if either of us miscarry the whole venture is lost these are general conceivest thou or if either of us turn turk ay sir now for particulars that i may make my travels by sea or land to my best liking and that hiring a coach for myself it shall be lawful for my dog or cat or both to ride with me in the said coach very good sir that i may choose to give my dog or cat fish for fear of bones or any other nutriment that by the judgment of the most authentical physicians where i travel shall be thought dangerous well sir that after the receipt of his money he shall neither in his own person nor any other either by direct or indirect means as magic witchcraft or other such exotic arts attempt practice or complot anything to the prejudice of me my dog or my cat neither shall i use the help of any such sorceries or enchantments as unctions to make our skins impenetrable or to travel invisible by virtue of a powder or a ring or to hang any three-forked charm about my dog's neck secretly conveyed into his collar understand you but that all be performed sincerely without fraud or imposture so sir that for testimony of the performance myself and to bring thence a turk's mustachio my dog a grecian hare's lips and my cat the train or tail of a thracian rat notary writes tis done sir tis said sir not done sir but forward that upon my return and the landing at the tower wharf with the aforesaid testimony i am to receive five for one according to the proportion of the sums put forth well sir provided that if before our departure or setting forth either myself or these be visited with sickness or any other casual event so that the whole course of the adventure be hindered thereby that then he is to return and i am to receive the pre-nominated proportion upon fair and equal terms very good sir is this all it is all sir and dispatch them good notary as fast as is possible sir exit enter carlo oh carlo welcome saw you monsieur brisk not i did he appoint you to meet here ay and i muse he should be so tardy he is to take one hundred pounds of me inventor if he maintains his promise is his hour past not yet but it comes on apace tut be not jealous of him he will sooner break all the commandments than his hour upon my life in such a case trust him methinks carlo you look very smooth ha why i came but now from a hothouse i must needs look smooth from a hothouse hi do you make a wander on why it is your only physic let a man sweat once a week in a hothouse and be well rubbed and frotted with a good plump juicy wench and sweet linen he shall ne'er have the pox what the french pox the french pox <laughs> out pox we have them in as good a form as they man what let me perish but thou art a salt one 
was your new created gallant there with you sogliardo ah oh, porpice hang him ah he's a leisure at horns ordinary yonder his villainous ganymede and he have been drowning at tobacco pipe but ever since yesterday noon who signor tripartite that would give my dog the whiff ay he they have hired the chamber and all private to practise in for the making of the platoon the receipt reciprocal and a number of other mysteries not yet extant i brought some dozen or twenty gallants this morning to view them as you do a piece of perspective in at a keyhole and there we might see sogliardo sit in a chair holding his snout up like a sow under an apple tree while the other opened his nostrils with a porking stick to give the smoke a more free delivery they had spit some three or four score ounces between them before we came away how spit three or four score ounces ay and preserved it in porringers as a barber does his blood when he opens a vein hout pagan how dost thou open the vein of thy friend friend is there any such foolish thing in the world ha slid i never relished it yet thy humour is the more dangerous no not a wit senor tat a man must keep time and all i can oil my tongue when i meet him next and look with a good slick forehead it will take away all soil of suspicion and that's enough what linseus can see my heart fish the title of a friend <laughs> it's a vain idle thing only venerable among fools you shall not have one that has any opinion of wit affected enter deliro and macalenti save you good sir pontovolo signor deliro welcome pray you sir did you see master fastidious brisk i heard he was to meet your worship here you heard no figment sir i do expect him at every pulse of my watch in good time sir there's a fellow now looks like one of the patricians of sparta marry his wits after ten of the hundred a good bloodhound a close-mouthed dog he follows the scent well marry he's at fault now methinks i should wonder if that creature is free from the danger of thy tongue oh i cannot abide these limbs of satan or rather satan indeed that will walk like the children of darkness all day in a melancholy shop with their pockets full of blanks ready to swallow up as many poor unthrifts as come within the verge so and what hast thou for him that is with him now oh damn me immortality i'll not meddle with him the pure element of fire all spirit extraction how carlo ha what is he man a scholar macellente do you not know him a rank raw-boned anatomy he walks up and down like a charged musket no man dares encounter him that's his rest there his rest why has he a forked head pardon me that's to be suspended you are too quick too apprehensive troth now i think on't i'll defer it till some other time not by any means signor you shall not lose this opportunity he will be here presently now yes faith mcclenty tis best for look you sir i shall so exceedingly offend my wife in it that your wife now for shame lose these thoughts and become the master of your own spirits should i if i had a wife suffer myself to be thus passionately carried to and fro with the stream of her humour and neglect my deepest affairs to serve her affections slight i would geld myself first oh but signor had you such a wife as mine is you would such a wife now hate me sir if ever i discerned any wonder in your wife yet with all the speculation i have i have seen some that have been thought fairer than she in my time and i have seen those have not been altogether so tall esteemed properer women and i have seen less noses grow upon sweeter faces that have done very well too in my judgment but in good faith signor for all this the gentlewoman is a good pretty proud hard-favoured thing marry not so peerlessly to be doted upon i must confess nay be not angry well sir however you please to forget yourself i have not deserved to be thus played upon 
but henceforth pray you forbear my house, for I can but faintly endure the savour of his breath at my table that shall thus jade me for my courtesies. Nay, then, signor, let me tell you, your wife is no proper woman, and by my life I suspect her honesty, that's more, which you may likewise suspect if you please, do you see? I'll urge you to nothing against your appetite, but, if you please, you may suspect it. Good, sir. Exit. Good, sir. Now, horn upon horn pursue thee, a blind, egregious dotard. Ah, oh, you shall hear him speak like envy. Signor Machelende, you saw Monsieur Brisk lately. I heard you were with him at court. Aye, Buffone, I was with him. And how is he respected there? I know you'll deal ingenuously with us. Is he made much of amongst the sweeter sort of gallants? Faith, I, his civet and his casting-glass have helped him to a place amongst the rest. And there his seniors give him good slight looks, after their garb, smile and salute in French with some new compliment. What? Is this all? Why, say that they should show the frothy fools such grace as they pretend comes from the heart. He had a mighty windfall out of doubt. Why, how their graces are not to do grace to virtue or desert, but to ride both with their gilt spurs quite breathless from themselves. Tis now esteemed precisionism in wit and a disease in nature to be kind toward desert, to love or seek good names. Who feeds with a good name? Who thrives with loving? Who can provide feast for his own desires with serving others? <laughs> Tis folly, by her wisest worldlings proved, if not to gain by love, to be beloved. How like you him? Ace not a good spiteful slave, eh? Shrewd food. Damn me, I could eat his flesh now, divine sweet villain. Nay, prithee leave. What's he there? Who? Oh, this in the starched beard. It's a dull, stiff night, Pondravolo man. He's to travel now presently. He has a good, naughty wit, Mary. He carries little on out of the land with him. How then? He puts it forth in venture as he does his money upon the return of a dog and cat. Is this he? Aye, this is he. A good, tough gentleman. He looks like a shield of brawn that shrove tied, out of date, and ready to take his leave, or a dry pole of ling upon Easter Eve that has furnished the table all lent as he has done the city this last vacation. Come, you'll never leave their stabbing similes. I shall have you aiming at me with them by and by, but— Oh, renounce me then. Pure, honest, good devil, I love thee above the love of women. I could ill melt in admiration of thee now. Odd so, look here, man. Sir Dagonet and Esquire. Enter Sagliardo and shift. Save you, my dear gallantos. Nay, come, approach, good cavalier. Prithee, sweet knight, how this gentleman, he's one that is pleases me to use as my good friend and companion and therefore do him good offices i beseech you gentles know him i know him all over sir for signor sigliardo's sake let it suffice i know you why as i am a gentleman now i thank you knight and it shall suffice Hark you, Sir Pont Tarvolo, you'd little think it. He's as resolute a piece of flesh as any in the world. Indeed, sir. Upon my gentility, sir. Carlo, a word with you. Do you see that same fellow there? What? Cavalier Shart? Oh, you know him. Cry you mercy before me i think him the tallest man living within the walls of europe the walls of europe <laughs> they kid what you say senor europe's a huge thing within the walls tot and twere as huge again i justify what i speak slid he swaggered even now in a place where we were i never saw a man do it more resolute Nay, indeed, swaggering is a good argument of resolution. Do you hear this, signor? 
i to my grief oh that such muddy flags for every drunken floor should achieve the name of manhood whilst true perfect valour hating to show itself goes by despised heart i do know now in a fair just cause i dare do more than he a thousand times why should they not take knowledge of this huh and give my worth allowance before his because i cannot swagger now the pox light on your pick's hatched prowess why i tell you sir he had been the only bid-stand that ever kept new market salisbury plain hockey in the hole gadshill and all the high places of any request he has had his mares and his gildings he have been worth forty threescore a hundred pound a horse would ha sprung you over the hedge and ditch like your greyhound he has done five hundred robberies in his time more or less i assure you what and scaped scaped i faith i he has broken the jail when he has been in irons and irons and been out and in again and out and in forty times and not so few he a fit trumpet to proclaim such a person but can this be possible pardon me my dear orestes causes have their quiddits and tis ill jesting with bell ropes how pylades and orestes ay he is my pleiades and i his orestes how like you the conceit ah oh, tis an old stale interlude device now i'll give you names myself look you he shall be your judas and you shall be his elder traitor hang on nay but rather let him be captain pod and this his motion for he does nothing but show him excellent or thus you shall be holden and he your camel you do not mean to ride gentlemen faith let me end it for you gallants you shall be his countenance and he your resolution troth that's pretty how say you cavaliers shall it be so ay ay most voices faith i am easily yielding to any good impressions then give hands good resolution mass he cannot say good countenance now properly to him again yes by an irony oh sir the countenance of resolution should as he is be altogether grim and unpleasant enter fastidious brisk good hours make music with your mirth gentlemen and keep time to your humours how now carlo must your brisk many a long look have i extended for you sir good faith i must crave pardon i was invited this morning ere i was out of my bed by a bevy of ladies to a banquet whence it was almost one of hercules's labours for me to come away but that the respect of my promise did so prevail with me i know they'll take it very ill especially one that gave me this bracelet of her hair but overnight and this pearl another gave me from her forehead mary she what are the writings ready i will send my men to know sirrah go you to the notaries and learn if he be ready leave the dog sir exit servant and how does my rare qualified friend sogliardo o signor massalante by these eyes i saw you not i had saluted you sooner else my troth i hope sir i may presume upon you that you will not divulge my late check or disgrace indeed sir you may sir he knows some notorious jest by this girl that he hath him so obsequious monsieur fastidious do you see this fellow there does he not look like a clown would you think there were anything in him anything in him through me ay the fellow hath a good ingenious face by this element he is as ingenious a tall man as ever swaggered about london he and i call countenance and resolution by his name as cavaliers shift 
Cavalier, you knew Signor Clog, that was hanged for the robbery at Harrow on the Hill? Knew him, sir? Why, twas he gave all the directions for the action. How? Was that your project, sir? Pardon me, countenance. You do me some wrong to make occasions public which I imparted to you in private. God's will. Here are none but friends, resolution. That's all one. Things of consequence must have their respects. Where, how, and to whom? Yes, sir, he showed himself a true clog in the coherence of that affair, sir. For if he had managed matters as they were corroborated to him, it had been better for him by a forty or fifty score of pounds, sir. And he himself might have lived, in despite of fates, to have fed on woodcocks with the rest. But it was his heavy fortune to sink, poor clog. And therefore talk no more of him. Why, had he more aiders then? Oh, Lord, sir! Ay, there were some present there that were the nine worthies to him, I faith. Ay, sir, I can satisfy you at more convenient conference. But for mine own part, I have now reconciled myself to other courses and profess a living out of my other qualities. Nay, he has left all now, I assure you, and is able to live like a gentleman by his qualities. By this dog he has the most rare gift in tobacco that ever you knew. He keeps more to do with this monster than ever Banks did with his horse, or the fellow with the elephant. He will hang out his picture shortly in a cloth, you shall see. Oh, he does manage a crawl the best that ever you saw, for terms and circumstances. Good faith, signor, now you speak of a quarrel. I'll acquaint you with the difference that happened between a gallant and myself. Sir Puntavolo, you know him, if I should name him, Signor Luculento. Luculento, what inauspicious chance interposed itself to your two loves? Faith, sir, the same that sundered Agamemnon and great Thetis' son, but let the cause escape, sir. He sent me a challenge, mixed with some few braves, which I restored, and in fine we met. Now, indeed, sir, I must tell you, he did offer at first very desperately, but without judgment, for look you, sir, I cast myself into this figure. Now he comes violently on, and withal advances his rapier to strike. I thought to have took his arm, for he had left his whole body to my election, and I was sure he could not recover his guard. Sir, I missed my purpose in his arm, rashed his doublet sleeve, ran him close by the left cheek and through his hair. He again lights me here. I had on a gold cable hat-band then new come up, which I wore about a merry French hat I had, cuts my hat-band, and yet it was massy goldsmith's work, cuts my brims, which by good fortune, being thick embroidered with gold twist and spangles, disappointed the force of the blow. Nevertheless, it grazed on my shoulder, takes me away six pearls of an Italian cutwork band I wore, cost me three pound in the exchange but three days before. This was a strange encounter. Nay, you shall hear, sir. With this we both fell out, and breathed. Now, upon the second side of his assault, I betook me to the former manner of my defence. He, on the other side, abandoned his body to the same danger as before, and follows me still with blows. But I, being loth to take the deadly advantage that lay before me of his left side, made a kind of stramazun, ran him up to the hilts to the doublet, through the shirt, and yet missed the skin. He, making a reverse blow, falls upon my embossed girdle. I had thrown off the hangers a little before strikes off a skirt of a thick laced satin doublet i had lined with four taffetas cut off two panes embroidered with pearl rends through the drawings out of tissue enters the linings and skips the flesh i wonder he spakes not of his rot shirt here in the opinion of mutual damage we paused 
but ere i proceed i must tell you signor that in this last encounter not having leisure to put off my silver spurs one of the rowels catched hold of the ruffle of my boot and being spanish leather and subject to tear overthrows me rends me two pair of silk stockings that i put on being somewhat a raw morning a peach colour and another and strikes me some half inch deep into the side of the calf he seeing the blood come presently takes horse and away i having bound up my wound with a piece of my wrought shirt ah comes it in there rid after him and lighting at the court gate both together embraced and marched hand in hand up into the presence was not this business well carried well yes and by this we can guess what apparel the gentlemen wore for valour it was the designment begun with much resolution maintained with as much prowess and ended with more humanity re-enter servant how now what says the notary he says he is ready sir he stays but your worship's pleasure come we will go to him monsieur gentlemen shall we entreat you to be witnesses you shall entreat me sir come resolution i follow you good countenance come signor come come Exeunt all but maculenti oh that there should be fortune to clothe these men so naked in desert and that the just storm of a wretched life beats them not ragged for their wretched souls and senses fruitless even as black as coals exit why but signor how comes it that fungoso appeared not with his sister's intelligence to brisk marry long are the evil angels that she gave him who have indeed tempted the good simple youth to follow the tale of the fashion and neglect the imposition of his friends behold here he comes very worshipfully attended and with good variety scene five a room in deliro's house enter fungoso in a new suit followed by his tailor shoemaker and haberdasher gramercy good shoemaker i'll put to strings myself exit shoemaker now sir let me see what must you have for this hat here's the bill sir how does it become me well excellent sir as ever you had any hat in your life nay you'll say so all in faith sir a hat's as good as any man in this town can serve you and will maintain fashion as long never trust me for a groat else does it apply well to my suit exceeding well sir how likest thou my suit haberdasher by my troth sir tis very rarely well made i never saw a suit sit better i can tell on nay we have no art to please our friends we here haberdasher tell the same gives him money good faith sir it makes you have an excellent body nay believe me i think i have as good a body in clothes as another you lack points to bring your apparel together sir i'll have points anon how now is right faith sir tis too little but upon farther hopes good morrow to you sir exit farewell good haberdasher well now master snip let me see your bill methinks he discharges his followers too thick oh therein he saucily imitates some great man i warrant you though he turns off them he keeps this tailor in place of a page to follow him still this bill is very reasonable in faith hark you master snip troth sir i am not altogether so well furnished at this present as i could wish i were but if you'll do me the favour to take part in hand you shall have all i have by this hand sir and but give me credit for the rest till the beginning of the next term oh lord sir for god and by this light i'll pay you to the utmost and acknowledge myself very deeply engaged to you by the courtesy why how much have you there sir mary 
I have here four angels and fifteen shillings of white money. It's all I have, as I hoped to be blessed. You will not fail me at the next term with the rest? No. And I do, pray heaven I be hanged. Let me never breathe again upon this mortal stage, as the philosopher calls it. By this air, and as I am a gentleman, I'll hold. He were an iron-hearted fellow, in my judgment, that would not credit him upon this volley of oaths. Well, sir, I'll not stick with any gentleman for a trifle. You know what tis remains. Ay, sir, and I give you thanks in good faith. Oh, fate, how happy I am made in this good fortune. Well, now I'll go seek out Monsieur Brisk. Odd so! I forgot ribbon for my shoes and points. What luck's this? How shall I do? Master Snip, pray let me reduct some two or three shillings for points and ribbons. As I am an honest man, I have utterly disfurnished myself in the default of memory. Pray let me be beholding to you. It shall come home in the bill, believe me. Faith, sir, I can hardly depart with ready money, but I'll take up and send you some by my boy presently. What coloured riband would you have? What you shall think meet in your judgment, sir, to my suit. Well, I'll send you some presently. And points too, sir? And points too, sir. Good Lord, how shall I study to deserve this kindness of you, sir? Pray let your youth make haste, for I should have done a business an hour since that I doubt I shall come too late. Exit, Taylor. Now, in good faith, I am exceeding proud of my suit. Do you observe the plunges that this poor gallant is put to, senor, to purchase the fashion? Aye, and to be still a fashion behind with the world. That's the sport. Stay. Oh, here they come from sealed and delivered. Scene six. Puntarvolo's lodgings. Enter Puntarvolo, fastidious brisk in a new suit, and servants with the dog. Well, now my whole venture is forth. I will resolve to depart shortly. Faith, Sir Puntarvolo, go to the court and take leave of the ladies first. I care not if it be this afternoon's labor. Where is Carlo? Here he comes. Enter Carlo, Sogliardo, Shift, and Maclienti. Faith, Galams, I am persuading this gentleman. Points to Sogliardo. To turn the court here. He is a man of fair revenue, and his estate will bear the charge well. Besides, for his other gifts of the mind or so, why, they are as nature lent him them pure, simple, without any artificial drag or mixture of these two threadbare beggarly qualities, learning and knowledge, and therefore the more accommodate and genuine. Now, for the life itself. Oh, the most celestial and full of wonder and delight that can be imagined, Signor, beyond thought and apprehension of pleasure. A man lives there in that divine rapture that he will think himself of the ninth heaven for the time and lose all sense of mortality whatsoever. When he shall behold such glorious and almost immortal beauties, hear such angelical and harmonious voices, discourse with such flowing and ambrosial spirits whose wits are as sudden as lightning and humorous as nectar, oh, it makes a man all quintessence and flame and lifts him up in a moment to the very crystal crowd of the sky, where, hovering in the strength of his imagination, he shall be behold all the delights of the asperities the insulae fortunate adonis gardens tempe or what else confined within the amplest verge of poesy to be mere ombre and imperfect figures conferred with the most essential felicity of your court well this iconium was not extemporal it came too perfectly off Besides, sir, you shall never need to go to a hothouse. You shall sweat there with courting our mistress, or losing your money at Primero, as well as in all the stoves in Sweden. Mary, this, sir, you must ever be sure to carry good strong perfume about you, that your mistress's dog may smell you out amongst the rest. And in making love to her, never fear to be out, 
for you may have a pipe of tobacco or a base vial shall hang on the wall of purpose will put you in presently the tricks your resolution has taught you in tobacco the whiff and those slights will stand you in very good ornament there ay to some perhaps but then he should come to my mistress with tobacco this gentleman knows she'd reply upon him with faith oh by this bright sun she has the most acute ready and facetious wit that tut there's no spirit able to stand her you can report it senor you have seen her then can he report no less out of his judgment i assure him troth i like her well enough but she's too self-conceited methinks ay indeed she's a little too self-conceited and twere not for that humour she were the most to be admired lady in the world indeed it is a humour that takes from her other excellences why it may easily be made to forsake her in my thought easily sir there are all impossibilities easy you conclude too quick upon me signor what will you say if i make it so perspicuously appear now that you yourself shall confess nothing more possible mary i will say i will both applaud and admire you for it and i will second him in the admiration why i'll show you gentlemen carlo come hither Bacolenti, carlo puntarvolo and fastidius whispered together good faith i have a great humour to the court what thinks my resolution shall i adventure troth countenance as you please the place is a place of good reputation and capacity oh my tricks and tobacco as carlo says will show excellent there why you may go with these gentlemen now and see fashions and after as you shall see correspondence you say true you will go with me resolution i will meet you countenance about three or four o'clock but to say to go with you i cannot for as i am applejohn i am to go before the cockatrice you saw this morning and therefore pray present me excused good countenance farewell good resolution but fail not to meet as i live exit admirably excellent if you can but persuade soliardo to court there's all now Oh, let me alone. That's my task. Goes to Sogliardo. Now, by wit, Messalante, it's above measure excellent. Twill be the only court exploit that ever proved courtier ingenious. Upon my soul, it puts the lady quite out of her humour, and we shall laugh with judgment. Come, the gentleman was of himself resolved to go with you afore I moved it. Why then, gallants, you two and Carlo go afore to prepare the jest? Soliardo and I will come some while after you. Pardon me, I am not for the court. That's true. Carlo comes not at court indeed. Well, you shall leave it to the faculty of Monsieur Brusque and myself. Upon our lives we will manage it happily. Carlo shall bespeak supper at the meter against we come back, where we will meet and dimple our cheeks with laughter at the success. Aye, but will you promise to come? myself shall undertake for them he that fails let his reputation lie under the lash of thy tongue odd so look who comes here enter frangoso what nephew uncle god save you did you see a gentleman one monsieur brisk a courtier he goes in such a suit as i do here is the gentleman nephew but not in such a suit huh. another suit how now nephew would you speak with me sir ay when he has recovered himself poor paul some rosa solace how now signor i am not well sir why this it is to dog the fashion nay come gentlemen remember your affairs his disease is nothing but the flux of apparel sirs return to the lodging keep the cat safe I'll be the dog's guardian myself. Exeunt servants. Nephew, will you go to court with us? These gentlemen and I are for the court. Nay, be not so melancholy. Slid! I think no man in Christendom has that rascally fortune that I have. 
Faith, your suit is well enough, signor. Nay, not for that, I protest. But I had an errand to Monsieur Fastidious, and I have forgot it. Why, go along to court with us, and remember it. Come, gentlemen, you three take one boat, and Soliardo and I will take another. We shall be there instantly. Content. Good sir, vouchsafe us your pleasance. Farewell, Carlo. Remember. I warrant you. What I had when I came shoes to throw after you. Good fortune will close the eyes of our jest, fear not, and we shall frolic. Exeunt. This Macalente, signor, begins to be more sociable on a sudden, methinks, than he was before. There's some portent in it, I believe. Oh, he's a fellow of a strange nature. Now does he, in this calm of his humour, plot, and store up a world of malicious thoughts in his brain, till he is so full with them, that you shall see the very torrent of his envy break forth like a land flood, and against the course of all their affections, oppose itself so violently, that you will almost have wondered to think how it is possible the current of their dispositions shall receive so quick and strong an alteration. I marry, sir. This is that on which my expectation had dwelt all this while. For I must tell you, signor, though I was loath to interrupt the scene, yet I made it a question of mine own private discourse, how he should properly call it every man out of his humour, when I saw all his actors so strongly pursue and continue their humours. Why, therein his art appears most full of lustre, and approacheth nearest to life, especially when in the flame and height of their humours they are laid flat. It fills the eye better, and with more contentment. How tedious a sight were it to behold a proud, exalted tree, capped and cut down by degrees, when it might be felled in a moment, and to set the axe to it before it came to that pride and fullness, were as not to have it grow. Well, I shall long till I see this fall you talk of. To help your longing, signor, let your imagination be swifter than a pair of oars, and by this, suppose Puntovolo, Brisk, Fungoso, and the dog arrived at the court gate, and going up to the great chamber. Massalente and Soliardo will leave them on the water, till possibility and natural means may land them. Here come the gallants. Now, prepare your expectations. End of Act 4